Informative. Educational. Objective. Inclusive. Comprehensive. This is Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. We are back. This is Season 2, Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. And guess what? My lovely co-host, Gleneva Hodge, and our Minister of Education, Social Development. Some other things have been added recently, right? A very interesting portfolio. I'm happy to get into that a little later, but we're going to touch on this education because we are ready to start back school. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to start back school? Are you ready? I, you I'm not. Nice. I I mm-hmm. am not. Mm-hmm. I think we need another month. Can mm-hmm. we get another month? <laughs> at least a week. Let's get another week at least. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put it into to admin. Yeah. I'll, I'll pitch it upstairs. Pitch it upstairs <laughs> because I know the children here already either. Yeah. For crying but, out loud, but, but we're question. not ready. Are they ever? They're never going to be ready. We understand that. But I personally don't think that I'm ready. I know a few parents aren't ready. Mm-hmm. We want them out of the house because they've been eating like crazy mm-hmm. for the summer. Very true. But I just think that there's still moving pieces, some dots to connect, mm-hmm. uh, especially for those of us who have children transitioning to mm-hmm. secondary school. It's the Todd Farm. Mm-hmm. Six Farm, you know, that, I like that little orientation a little further down the road. They get some time to come in. Like, I think the first week of school... Can we just triple them in? Like, five come today, mm. ten come tomorrow. Interesting. I just want something that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you just need that extra time. I just need yeah. that extra time. To be honest, I'm, like you said, I'm ready for them to be out of the house. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never going to be that time. It's always yeah. going to be just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. But yeah. whether we like it or not, school begins on, on Monday. Wow. Then that's Monday 5th. Monday 5th, September. Monday 5th, September. And we are actually going back to school. Everybody's going back to school. Yes. We're outside of COVID protocols right now. That's Do we still right. expect to see children in masks? Are those things relaxed? Tell us where we're at with school reopening. Well, we've had a number of changes in relation to the national policy Okay. with COVID restrictions, and those national policies usually trickle down to all government institutions, Mm. and schools would be classified as a government institution. So when we relax the um, requirements for mask wearing, Mm -hmm. we give persons the ability to choose whether or not they want to wear masks, so it's up to personal choice. It's the choice of the child, it's the choice of the parent to decide whether or not they want to continue using those protocols to safeguard their children. Okay, and we're still on the split shift system. So we are currently still on the split shift system. As you know, the split shift system was in place due to the damage of the infrastructure Mm -hmm. at the high school after Mm -hmm. Hurricane Irma. And after the Angola program came on board, there was a plan to move all students over to the... All students from third to fifth, not Mm -hmm. first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. It's only third to fifth over to the campus in um, the quarter area. But, uh, of course, you know, where we stand on that, we've put out some some preliminary data in relation to the fact that we can't move into the new campus Mm -hmm. just yet. Yeah, I actually went and I took some pictures. Uh, They're available on the government's Facebook page, and I think the pictures say the same thing. You went without me again. Yes, I did. I apologize. Confession is good for the soul. We without you again. Massive structure. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I stopped one of the workmen. I said, listen, if the children don't learn in this environment, they're willful. <laughs> no, the, the, the school has everything. It is looking to provision to have everything. I, I hear um, recently well, another minister talking about, you know, going to budget season, and you mentioned about not having a TVET. Um, center. Sec- mm-hmm. center. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that's some of the things that the, the government can put in the budget and get it done because mm-hmm. apparently we're not going to get 
money for that from the Angola project that's done. The UK. The UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be great. Mm-hmm. I think the campus would be excellent. You need to walk it and see. In, in, in. There's a lot of potential there. Yes. I, I have my concerns. It's an extremely large school. Mm-hmm. I think our security forces and, and those policing of the students and the activities has now, would now have to be quadrupled. Because, like, when you walk the school, it's massive. It is mm-hmm. extremely massive. And children will be children. But sidebar where that is concerned, we are going back to the shift system. Thought farmers go school in the afternoons or they go school in the mornings? And mornings. Mornings. So, so, yeah, first, it's first to third, go from 7 to 11, 30, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And okay. Fourth to fifth to the afternoon shift. That's mm-hmm. Okay. So? Yeah. So... So there is still a shift system in place, and of course, like you were saying, Ivan, with the building, it is um, it is a massive compound, massive. and preferably we'd have, we would have liked to have moved into that compound <coughs> this September. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are intervening circumstances which led to the eventual termination of the contract for one of the mm-hmm. um, contractors who, who was completing one of the packages at the Albina Lakehouse Comprehensive School. So we're now trying to do the follow-up to ensure that we can progress with the completion of the school because mm-hmm. it is, for the most part, towards the end on yeah. the lateral stages. Most of the structural work has already been completed. Yeah. But we do know that finishings usually take, take the most time. Anybody yeah. who has been building anything, homes, would know that finishings do take and, quite and some if time. And if I can, if I may, let me plug, because I've been there, I walked it. The finishing is impeccable. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy is going into detail like they're building a villa. That's true. Like, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful structure. Yes. Yeah. It is a beautiful structure. I, I was going to ask, what is the timeline or the new timeline that we are hoping to see the completion of what is there? When can students, when can students expect to occupy yes. that building? Yeah. You know, the students deserve a timeline. But we're not going to give them one. But I have to be be optimistically careful about giving timelines, particularly when we're working through a number of legal matters in the background. Um, We would, of course, love to see next year Uh this happen. So we're definitely pushing for next year. Uh Um, Can I give you a specific month? I would love to, Uh but I'm not going to right now, just so that we have enough time. When I get more data and we're we're on firmer footing in terms of where we will stand in terms of projected timelines, then I will be able to give that information freely to the public. I think it's important to add that this was not a government project. No, not in the in the in the, the context, of, context it. of it. This is a this is a UK funded project right. which was um, managed by the Anguilla Program Board, and the which is in partnership with the FCDO and the government of Anguilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would have had the Education Sector Reformation Committee, which we came into, which when we were elected we came into. There was mm-hmm. already a, a, a committee in place. Um, who would have been overseeing the, the award of contracts that they had made in 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, the funding for that project did not come from Anguilla. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't coming from our budget or from Treasury. It was coming from the UK um, Foreign and Commonwealth Development Office. Right. And they had made ensured to have project managers on site to be able to manage these projects and be able to indicate where and when and exactly how we would be progressing with the timelines of these projects. I I just had a a bit of a Um, Mm follow-up. You said that you don't want to give a month next year. Mm -hmm. Is it possible, just putting this out there, is it possible that if it's completed mid-school year, that you can see a shift. Is that something that's being considered? That you can that you would see a shift into the buildings before the beginning of the next school year. Yeah, we're we're planning for all eventualities. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously right now we have we've had to employ security um, to round secure the, the site round the clock to ensure that materials are not stolen, um, so that we can ensure the completion of the building um, and. We were, of course, going to be doing as much as possible to prepare for the full shift into the unit because the particular 
part of the compound that has not been completed is a part of the compound that's almost a central block. It's mm -hmm. the block that's okay. most important because it houses your teaching staff, yeah, most exactly. of the classrooms, yeah. and all of those administrative blocks. So it's you just have to we, we just have to go back and ensure that um, if we make the shift or if we are completed mid year that it's not too disruptive for the children. That's always a marker. Is it is it going to be too disruptive or is it going to be um, the best move in the best interest of the kids? That's all we consider. So one other question before we dive into another piece of a matter I want to touch. You, you, you want another one, John? Yes, yeah, yeah, so one each. One apiece. So let me ask mine first. <laughs> if it's not the same one. So what's going to happen to Campus B? Mm -hmm. Campus B is going to continue. As Campus B. Yeah, because so they... So third, they, fourth, fifth, sixth will be... And third, fourth, side. fifth. Third, fourth, fifth. Yes. What would happen to six? So sixth form, where we're, where we have some transitioning plans with the ACC, but that also depends on um, how we get more money for constructing more classrooms for the ACC. So that's that's what we're working on See, right now. You just gave me follow-up question problems. Mm -hmm. One more, one more before you two. You get two. Um, I only need one. You only need one. So. Third, fourth, fifth mm -hmm. will be there. Mm -hmm. First and second are going to be First at campus First and second B. are going to be at campus That's B. That's correct. Oh, wow. I think I'm going to leave that one alone. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with okay. that. And we can leave that. Mm -hmm. We can leave that for when we're closer to completion. Okay, yeah. But I do have one that, you know, as... I, I don't know, Ivan. You've done this. You've done this now for the past two years. Uh -huh. That seven o'clock shift. Is that something that once the sh the move into the new campus that we can expect to continue the shift mm. system? Or so no, we're not looking to continue the shift system once we move into the new school. But we are looking at amending the school hours. I think it needs. So to the stay school at hours are going to so. be amended. When I say in terms of the length of the school hours, yeah. that is probably going to change. Most of the other Caribbean territories end the school day at two yeah. or one. So we'll be looking to see and start and start when they start at seven. At seven. Yeah. So, so you're looking at starting at seven. Yeah, we're looking at that option because that's that's the model that most other territories yeah. follow. They don't start. They don't start at eight thirty or eight. That's quite late for most other territories. Yeah, like I after <laughs> after coming through it, I was like, wow, and I was like, this makes sense. What what I think it affords us an opportunity to do, and we haven't really exhausted it. I think, as I think we should, is the extracurricular activities. I want to see more children involved in track. We're not touching track today, but I want to see more children involved in track, <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> football, cricket, yes, music, well, we theater. Are, we are doing well. What we, well, we are in the just a a little note until we follow up eventually mm -hmm. about the track um, is we are currently in a program where we are communicating with the British Olympic. Solidarity Fund mm -hmm. to help us with developing and building our more sustainable grassroots programs, which can filter through primary and high school, right. so that they have accessible programs for everybody. So it's not something like you're on the park and you're just wondering, okay, what do I do? So there is a, a easy in. It's very identifi easily identifiable what you want to do, who you want to be with, where you want to go. Right. Those are all the things that we're working on right now. Any, any plans for night school for adults? I mean, we don't have GD programs. We are yet. looking... Well, what we are looking at... We have been looking at a, um, a IT and digital skills program for adults. Okay. That's what we have been looking at. Through we the have ACC, a, uh, Well, the ACC can be the partnering institution, but we have had some investors indicate that they, um, they have some partners in the U.S. who offer these courses to upskill adults mm -hmm. in, in, in these programs, which allows them to work remotely from Microsoft and Amazon, mm. which I think is a, a good potential. Um, and we, we are just looking to see whether or not we could use... We have a, a, an updated, not something that people know, but we've updated the library um, computer room. They should know. With we had a very nice pictures in the press That's release. True. You should know. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, we've updated some of the computers in there so yeah. that we can eventually use that space for that purpose as well. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I was going to just ask in terms of those additional classes for adults, if there's any consideration for adult literacy. We are looking at it. I, I mean, the, the thing about 
education is that it has been quintessentially only <clears throat> imagined in relation to primary, secondary, secondary and maybe the ACC and the, the open campus. Mm -hmm. But it is really, education is very expansive. It, it relates to people who are trying to find digital literacy mm -hmm. or trying to become literate after not really having a lot of exposure to the education system. And it covers everything and everyone. Mm -hmm. um, it is quite a large task to take down, which is, I think, the, the primary challenge with the resources that we have. But there are a number of programs out there, and if persons are willing, that's always the biggest thing. If persons are willing, then we are willing to make a way. Minister, I, I, sorry, I'm going that's, to okay. that's okay. I, I just wanted to pause and tell you thanks and commend you um, because I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Education and social development isn't a ministry that you see a lot of tangible things. But there is so much work that has gone into your ministry since you've come into that post. I mean, it's no small feat, dreads and everything that was accepted. That's, that was major for me. But I have earshot sometimes of all the things that you're working on. Mm -hmm. And the things that you mentioned right now, if people were to sit and say, what was that? They'd understand. Mm -hmm. You're creating opportunities that impacts our economy. You're, you're, you're shaping lives that impacts our GDP, mm -hmm. that, impact, that impacts how we position ourselves to the rest of the region internationally. Mm -hmm. That's where education and social development is going. That is the real bedrock of yes. society. And I was on a, a, a job site recently, and I want to see more. I know TVET, the skills area is very, 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 very dear to your heart. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> she turned and she No, no, seriously, the skills area, TVET has been one of the, the... It's been... It has been underserved... For Very so long, so. I think people are starting to kind of forget about it or give up hope. Um, TVET is one of those critical areas in, in society because mm -hmm. you have all of the persons who maybe have not been able to be exposed to opportunity academically mm -hmm. have been picking up opportunities in the skills area. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say that they can't ascribe or try to, to achieve something in an academic arena, but they just know that they're actually very well skilled in these areas. Yeah. But... What has happened is that their experience in these areas hasn't been recognized. Um, and what we are working on, or what, we've, what I've put over to the community college, is working on a, a recognized prior learning um, accreditation and certificate for persons yeah. who've had years in the industry, years of experience, to be able to say, well, my experience is equal to this academic achievement. Okay, so let me break that down for you. We have... Skills tradesmen, we have contractors that don't have that paper. Mm -hmm. But okay, what yes. you're working on now would give them that, like yeah, honorary yeah. degrees. Yeah. They're grandfathered, and because they have the knowledge, they have the experience, mm -hmm. they're going to tell you, you put that trade steel leg on Ben in four weeks, yes. you need a half inch. Yes. You need, they, like, I'm on job sites, going around taking pictures, and I'll be entirely honest, there's no discredit to anybody here. Um, it's no discredit to any one of the project managers or contractors, but you know there's a shortage of skilled labor on the island. It is, and it and it's and it's it's always going to be a an issue mm -hmm. because well, I'm not okay. Let me rephrase that. I wouldn't say that it's always going to be an issue, but we can <clears throat> attract. I mean, people will have different interests, of course. Mm -hmm. So you know, everyone's not going to necessarily be interested in, mm -hmm. in skilled labor, but we do have enough people who are interested. Mm. It's just about ensuring that they feel comfortable in doing their best in that area. Right. If you understand what I mean. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's it, some respect on yeah, the name. Correct. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of potential in Angola. Um, we're looking at it, and this is what I'm trying to massage for the education system. I am trying a bit of a, a alternative approach. Mm -hmm which is I'm actually trying to push my senior management team in education and <clears throat> all my administrators to look at how we can influence the education system to, to, to push our students towards remote 
work. Because I think that it's a massive opportunity for us. And I don't want us to focus so much on things like hospitality that our students are lost or lose the the opportunity in the remote work the remote work industry which is growing very massively. You can name a bunch of things. Yes. So I, I'm that's what I'm currently trying to do and, and and to be honest, remote work is is kinda hurricane proof. It's kind of COVID proof. Mm-hmm. It's a little it, it's a little a little louder, yeah, yeah. It's because we still we still need that internet connection. I mean, internet yes. connection yeah. is one thing, but I mean, uh-huh. it's not going to take you out for. It's not going to require the amount of financing to bring back a, a yes. building online yes. or building yes. on stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then everybody so, phones come right up. You exactly, tell you. Yes. and you can do a lot of things from yeah. your mobile devices. So it's it is um, <laughs> it's a it's something that I've been trying and we're working on how to actually operationalize it uh-huh. so that students can take the benefit of it. And I'm working with a lot of companies now out of the U.S. and the U.K. to find out how we can find a solution. I'm trying to go to some conferences next year that that kind of propose what that looks like. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I am as well. Yeah, because my yes, son yes. needs a job. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but you know, it's funny, and then it's funny that you say that because we we can't get too wrapped up in traditional areas of learning because I've seen children, I know children online making millions of dollars playing games. And it's not necessarily to say this is a a blanket permission for you to just play games all day. But it is to understand that there are areas of opportunity outside our traditional understanding that we can tap in, and I'm trying to see how best to to empower our students to be able to do that. Let me give you a little joke, right? So everybody would see the animation of the logos even running on the screen now. So I have a contact in India that does that work for me. My son was just like messed around with Roblox and stuff. And he's like, Daddy, um, you got After Effects on your computer? Like, well, you know what After Effects? Because I use the Adobe Suite, but I don't, I don't have the time to sit down with a lot of the programs. You know how it is. He said, I want, I want to make an edit. He went on YouTube and he taught himself That's After cool. Effects. Mm-hmm. And I showed him I showed him a, a thing. I was like, hey, I spent $85 on this. You know After Effects and you make. He said, I can do that. Click, 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 click. I said, so why aren't you making money doing mm. this? Mm. I'm like, That's the problem. Now, I stopped him a bit. You know, you, when you get that little Caribbean period mode, you think he's doing a little too much. I stopped him. Mm-hmm a bit from doing it because he needed to take some time to do something else. But you're saying that he can make money and mm-hmm. don't have to ask me for money to buy his <laughs> Robux. <laughs> he making it, that making part. his yes. edits yes. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I mean, like, there's opportunities. Yeah. And we, we must also be flexible. I'll, I'll give... Mm-hmm. Edmund has a story. I have a story. Do you have a story? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I asked my daughter, you know, what are you and your friends doing for summer? Uh-huh. And she said, this one particular friend well, she's going to be working on commission pieces. And I'm like, what do you mean? She does digital, digital art, art that's that big. she sells through Instagram. And just like you were saying, it, it requires parental involvement in mm-hmm. that, you know, the mom allowed for her to have a PayPal account where she can be paid. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, to take it a step further, I started to check out her digital art. And there was this one particular piece Mind you, they went to mm-hmm. this. They went to private school, and her teacher allowed her to complete a digital art. And this was not art that she was doing it for; it was for language. Mm-hmm. And she was able to complete that and submit for a grade. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to ensure that so our education system exactly is adaptable. What we're doing so, now. That's yeah. so, mm-hmm. so really and truly, what it is, the, the questions are. Conceptually, education is everything, right? Um, You might think of a student who is particularly skilled with soil work and soil manipulation, plant work. There's a young man who lives in Ray Hill um, who's up and always riding a bicycle up and down, really tall, really tall. His name isn't coming to me right now. But he propagated three different roses into one tree. Uh, uh, almost like the angular flag colors, and it was incredible, incredible. Stop playing. I'm serious. But he 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 wasn't he wasn't necessarily the most academic student, but he had that 
almost like a natural intelligence to be so in tune with things like planting and agriculture. And that's kind of what I am trying. It's difficult in a public school system to do it because the public school system is working on all of these regional and international imperatives yeah. and it's very, it's very boxed in, which doesn't give you a lot of space for creativity. But what I have been doing is making appeals to my, my brothers and sisters across the CARICOM and OECS um, and to CXE directly. I told them, look, we do have a problem with how our education systems are functioning. Mm-hmm. It is not that we don't have the content. Our education systems are actually pretty good content-wise. Mm-hmm. The problem really is that we're just forcing the content down the children's throats. Yeah. It's just about learn the content, test the content, move it. on. How is it it's not about application. Yeah. It's not about processing it. It's not about challenging the content because you that is also your, that's also part yes. of learning. Yeah. And it's about getting comfortable and that's something that we have to do culturally as well because in Anguilla it is very uh, taboo, taboo mm-hmm. to, to question authority. Yeah, it is not, very, <laughs> very taboo. If you're not a yes. teacher walking the bank, go after medical school, I go after college, yeah. you yes. black shit. It is, yeah, it is, and, and who are you as the student to question yes. it's how the we, content we can... that is that is put out there, yeah. and, and 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 you know, I mean, uh, it's it's a question also. Even when you when you talk about things like this, and right, there is a little bit of a privilege that I have realized that I have, uh-huh. and a lot of people around me have the conversations that I'm having with my little cousins when I'm sitting down and I am consuming books like The State of Africa After Independence and I'm looking through all of these, the Rwandan genocide and all of these things. And I'm having conversations with these kids about these things because they are being exposed to it on TikTok. Yes. And when you have, when you, you, you have to then stop and realize that the They're way you are, they are the way you're analyzing things, and you also have to be able to to, to fact check some of the information that they're yeah. receiving from online. Yeah. Yes. So yes. that's all a part of the learning process. The, the the truth is that in education, education and the educational material is no longer the sole authority of mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. It is widespread. It's on the internet. It's everywhere. Yeah. What education is supposed to be about how you responsibly handle that information. How do I check the credentials of this information? How do I ensure that this is valid? Even mm-hmm. how do I check the biases and the validity of this yes. information? So mm-hmm. all of those things become part of our education. That's what we'll, That's what I'm gearing for with our systems. I, I, think, I think you want to see it, and I want to see it, a generation of critical thinkers. Ah. Yeah. I, the, 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 the only way education can be stagnant. No, but the only way you're going to get a generation of critical thinkers is first and foremost to focus on the well-being of the child. Mm. Because you can't get critical thinkers when they're focused so much on are they bringing into the school system all of the trauma that they're facing? Are they in the school system and they can't yeah. concentrate because of all these ulterior mm-hmm. factors? We have they to. They can't eat. Yeah. You, you, Something you, as simple as that. And that's why, I mean, Maybe to kind of jump into something we're going to discuss a little later. Uh, That's why the school feeding program, yeah. which we just, which we're launching, has been such a a big push because you kind of have to satisfy people's base needs before they're able to concentrate on actualizing themselves and yeah. educating themselves. Those yeah. are high. Those are abstract and higher higher needs. Yeah. The base needs I need food, water, and shelter. Yes. So. Um, I'm really happy that we can announce that we've partnered with the Anguilla Community um, Foundation and the Shows Family Foundation mm-hmm. to provide school lunches for um, uh, in a phased rollout. So mm-hmm. starting in September, we will have school lunches at Aurelia Kelly Primary School. We had to ch- we had to choose. Um, Three schools of different sizes. We had to choose a small school, a medium school, and a large school. Okay. So Adrian T. Hazel Primary School, Mars Vantable Primary School, um, and I believe it's OKPS. But those three schools were also chosen because they have kitchens. Mm-hmm. So we have there are a number of considerations we had to make before um, selecting schools. Valley Primary School is probably the 
biggest school on the island. Yeah. You know, and I it's mean, I, I might want to add it's the champion school, the best school, the home of the Golden Hostess. Um, I am. I've, I've been. I've been programmed to aim for excellence, like yourself. Um, yes, but we, are, we also have something else. Yes, yes, and we also have something else in common. The 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 not because you've left. No, no, I'm still a house wolf. Okay. No, I'm. I'm really. I'm really excited to hear about this because Ivan, as you know, um, yes. from my time on the PTA yes. before my time. During your time yes. on the PTA um, at Alvin Allison Richardson, they have had the kitchen facilities. Yeah. We have been pushing and begging and begging. asking. Yeah. And, you know, it, it never, I, I think we were, we were this close at mm-hmm. one point. I think a, a chef was hired at one point. And then I don't know if it was uh, a little fuzzy because this has been quite some time. I think Alma came and then mm. that got thrown yes. out and... Mm-hmm. You know, it's unfortunate. It's something that definitely we've been looking forward to. So happy to hear about the rollouts and hopefully our town will come soon. Yeah, so we're, we're going to do an assessment in November um, after the, f- the first phase rollout. And then okay. we're going to be looking to see how we can onboard the rest of the schools in 2023, starting in January. So that means so, we're getting okay. some money in the budget for kitchens for those that don't have? Actually, we've been very fortunate and the Shows Foundation has been um, giving us the even the... the um, funding for the utensils for the for outfitting the kitchens, not oh, just nice. for the funding for the the food itself. Um, what we do are looking at, yes, as you said correctly, we're looking at budgeting for the um, expansion of a kitchen at the schools that don't have kitchens currently, mm-hmm. so that they can provide f- school meals for their students. Um, we did look at how much it would cost uh, to use one school to prepare lunches for multiple schools that was very cumbersome and actually quite costly Mm -hmm. um i can only imagine and so and and Mm -hmm. and and, and what we were trying to do is see whether or not we could achieve maybe catering um for the schools that have kitchens in the schools that have kitchens and and getting meals brought in so catering for the Mm -hmm. school that didn't have a kitchen that cost the estimate was about four hundred thousand u.s dollars um for the for the entire Return. period, so it mm. it was a bit it's a bit difficult um, when you are trying to plan a project that's as sustainable as possible. Mm-hmm. You can't really completely just ask people just give me the money for for, yeah. for paying somebody to make meals. We really want to make it sustainable, so that's why and we're trying to phase data. it in. And we need the data, so we're okay. gonna we're gonna see how effective the rollout has been from September to um, November. We're gonna do an assessment see where we need to do any checks and balances to change mm-hmm. the program, keep going, and then in, in December we'll be able to make a final assessment and then um, and, and see how we can onboard the other schools. So, go ahead. So is it so that, you know, I've heard about the school feeding program, but not much detail in terms of how it's expected to work. Is it that it's going to be a free lunch for all students or some persons, those who can afford to expect it to contribute, how will that mm-hmm. how will that look? So this program is different from a lot of the other programs in that this is the first free school lunch program. We don't expect parents to contribute towards a program. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just gonna be accessible for all the students at the school, which is why it was so costly when we did the assessments mm-hmm. for catering, because mm-hmm. you're catering for all the students irrespective of their socioeconomic status or mm-hmm. whether their parents can afford it or not. Um, so, and, and it's really a matter of, you're not trying to, disc- you're trying to level the playing field. Just yeah. say, everybody is welcome here, whether you're rich, you're poor, you're in between. You don't want the, the stigmas that are sometimes mm-hmm. attached to, to yeah, students accessing these programs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't want the stigma attached to it. You just want to say, this is a, this is a free school lunch program for everybody. Everyone's welcome to access it. We make sure make we have a nutritionist on it, making sure that the meals are nutritious, making sure that the meals are healthy. It was our it was our goal to ensure that our students were eating good food so that they could concentrate, so that they could build good muscle. All of those things let have me, been let a priority. Let me put a pin right here because I, you said something that I don't think again. I like to pause. I'm not tooting your horn, but things happen not in silos. This affects where we are with the health of our nation. Yes, and cities. 
This, yeah, these non-communicable diseases. Listen, you know what? I'm not discrediting anybody's, I don't want to call it their job preference and what they're doing, but every time I picked up my son from Campus B over the last couple of years, I cringed at the boxes of pizza. Yeah. Pizza and soda is what our children in Angola eat. What what happened to your vegetables? And most of these children aren't taking vitamins. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's one of the things we'll be assessing over the the duration of the school lunch program because we're gonna see how well we can get attitudes to change because we do mm-hmm. know. I mean, I know some children are very picky when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. So you're giving them nutritious nutritious options, but they're so used to the unhealthy options that they don't like it or they complain, they don't mm-hmm. want it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that we, we have to, to, to figure out a way. How do we get... I don't know. It's very difficult with food because you can't really get people to like something they don't like. I think but it is, it, is, it is something that we have to like, the, more, the more you're exposed to it and the more... I'll say this in free plug... Mm-hmm. Not a plug, but you know, just saying, Lisa, please come back. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would say there, there, there are vegetables that even as a, an adult, mm-hmm. I did not like. Mm-hmm. But in the preparation, and I, I started with um, fit dish, mm-hmm. and the way that those things, the food and those vegetables were prepared, prepared. Mm-hmm. was nutritious, but it was more, more importantly delicious. That's true. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I was able to gain a better appreciation mm-hmm. for things that, uh, I'll say, broccoli. I was used to broccoli. Boil broccoli and put it on the plate. <laughs> Boy, tell it was brown and soggy <laughs> and sad. And then I started oh getting roasted broccoli uh-huh. with some garlic on top. And, you know, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And so there are ways and means that you can prepare Look. the very same yeah. thing. The truth is, it's it. all about, it's, they're all cooking. Cooking, there's all about techniques. They're cooking techniques. Right. So it doesn't have to just be like a cooking technique specifically for meat. It oh. could be a cooking technique that you apply to vegetables. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's also a conversation that we have to be aware of when we're talking about the school lunch program because we're dealing with children with vastly different preferences as it relates oh. to food and parents who have vastly different expectations as to what their children should be eating. Right. Um, we do have a set menu. Right. Um, that we and of course you you do have some limitations in that because you're doing like food in, in mass volumes mm-hmm. you can't necessarily do the substitution the tips. substitutions that you know we will students who maybe are vegetarian and stuff like that we could make amend, uh, adjustments for them mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we'll be looking to see what's what's best and how we could best accommodate everyone within reason that's 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 totally exciting for me. I think it's necessary. Um, I think, like the quote says, children learn what they live. I think if all PSE, if it's still called PSE program, PSHE, PSHE would speaks to he- would speak to health and nutrition. Mm-hmm. I think if our cafeteria, our meal serving areas would have the messaging that promotes them, an athlete running, but it's all about their meal intake. Um, recovery time with the things that you eat mm-hmm. get the messaging right I think they'll be fine because my recently my daughter hated fish for a while I thought she was Italian for some point because all she wanted was pasta <laughs> um, and then Italians like fish as well they like fish as well mm-hmm. so maybe she's still Italian <laughs> but I I um she came to me and said daddy I could have some fish I was like you don't eat fish like, what are you doing I said somebody tell you you got fish on I was going to bake some fish so I baked some fish right? bake some snapper and um, she called me, she's like, Daddy, that fish was bussing. I said, what? Okay, you know you're talking different now. So apparently bussing is really good. Yes. It's- <laughs> I mean, yes. I know she wants we fish. We used to say swag, so don't even, don't you be mad. Hey, yeah, don't, don't date us all of you. Listen, listen. You know how she dated us? Because our award wasn't. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you ran way back there. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna gonna get roasted by the Gen Zs, right? Yeah, they're gonna tell us about ourselves because everybody is listening, and they're gonna tell us about ourselves. They're gonna stop us and we'll swag. What's that? And what was I award? My my daughter asked me one time, how was school in black and white? I near passed. It was picking up from school. I said, what? She said. And daddy, I really don't like... She said, you only like coming to school because uh, you had no internet and computers. And that's the only way for you to see your friends. It, it, it hurts every time. It, but it's true. The, <laughs> you know, I'm not even, 
I can't even I can't even fault the kids because school has true. changed. Yes. Like, yes. School has changed fundamentally. These kids, I mean, my cousin. So basically, he is sharing my um my Apple ID. Uh huh. So I'm in cabinet the other day, and I get a call, and it's two girls calling my phone. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> calling me on FaceTime. It's not just calling me on my phone. I'm like, who are these people? So I message and I'm like, hello, who is this? And the the young lady responds, oh, I call in for Joshua. I say, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, and it's like there's this like instant, very mm-hmm. connected life that they yeah, live. They're hyper connected. They're hyper connected. Mm-hmm. So even when it comes to being in each other's physical presence, I mean. I don't know what they see it as, but they have it here in their phones. It's not... They have not stopped talking all summer. I mean, you, you speak about your son in Roblox. Uh-huh. They stay in the house, uh-huh. and everyone is on their device, mm-hmm. and everyone is playing Roblox. In the together, house. Right next to each other. Yes. On their devices. And then they call their friends. And okay, they, yeah. You know, they'll join. And so they have created... I, I think where you're going with that in terms of school and what she meant was... You needed school to connect with your friends. Mm-hmm. They have the opportunities to connect with their friends outside of school. So school is no longer just mm-hmm. um, the only space that they have yeah. for for that sense of community. They have created these communities online. Yeah. They have, and so, yeah. so it, it it has it has changed how. And I mean, it's it is a it's a lot for the education system to manage. <laughs> I think the education system. I don't envy is them. Still, I don't it, envy you at all. Because no, I mean, I, I think even when you think about this, the the senior management teams and the administrators, they can't Process relate. Yeah. Like they just can't it relate. Mm-hmm. It's too. It's completely different generations. Mm-hmm. Con- diff- completely different ways of thinking. Um, Minister. And, not to cut you off. You said something <laughs> that I don't think people understand. And it needs to be said again. That's the reality. You're not calling them down. Mm-hmm. They cannot relate. Yeah, if m- me in my 30s have a little challenge sometime <laughs> relating sometimes. to my kids. <laughs> I mean, I still see in black and white. She sees in color. She sees an avatar. Yeah. <laughs> but our educators aren't seeing this. So when the children's attention span... For a blackboard or a whiteboard, it's like, why am I doing this when they're accustomed of all this movement in their pupils, in their pupils, and that's mm-hmm. what keeps them engaged. But you see, engaged. that's that's the thing. It's it's all it's it's not just about the fact that they're attached to these electronic devices and that they're they're sense, sensory. They mm-hmm. have sensory overload all the time. There's an impact in terms of their cognitive development. So when you think about children, and this is just just basic biological studies when you're talking about cognitive development and skills, when you find and you see babies who can sit down and mm-hmm. go through an iPad and are able dexterously, you know, they can mm-hmm. move through things very mm-hmm. quickly, that's just to tell you, you know, the processing speed in relation to certain skills. So their digital literacy, literacy skills are much more advanced than mm-hmm. most people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us, yeah. and I can I can include myself in that category because there's a certain point where I have to call my little cousin and be like, I'm not going out with a TV. I don't. That has never, that has never happened. To me. <laughs> yes, it never happened to me before. And you remember your grandmother used to do it, and I'm and I'm 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 not even oh thirty yet, and I'm, st- I'm oh. calling my fourteen year old cousin to help me. So it's it is it's. And that that just goes to show, like you can't. It's funny. It is funny, because but it's but it's, but it's you have to you have to bring yourself to you have to humble yourself to the position of mm-hmm. I am still learning from these kids mm-hmm. because at some point in time they will be controlling the art of, of the way. At some point in time, I, no, I, 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 I think you've, I think you've said something that is very important. For far too long, we felt like learning was up, down. Mm-hmm. And there's a shift. Mm-hmm. There's a major shift. Major. Where learning is now bilateral. It happens, and, and I, I'm saying, I'm mindful not to say mm-hmm. it's now down, up. It is bilateral. It is bilateral. And mm-hmm. until we are very open to the idea that it is bilateral, yeah, we are problems. robbing ourselves of opportunities. Yeah, yeah that is Be- so true. Because... Yeah. 
I, I don't know if you've given thought, or even within the school system, if, if thought has been given to the opportunities for teachers to learn from. Yes, of course. The students. Yeah. Because, like, just like we learn so many from the, the, the children around us. But I'll give you an example. It wasn't as, it wasn't as, uh, I don't think it came down to, to us learning directly from the students. But what ended up happening was the younger teachers, the teachers mm-hmm. who were basically who are Gen Zers themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we have those. Are the yes. ones who were leading the charge when it came to the technological mm-hmm changes in Anguilla. Mm-hmm. They were the ones who were saying like we'll show we will then be the focus point who then help other teachers mm-hmm. get on board with these technological advancement and these changes. Mm-hmm. So um there is a, there, that is happening in the education system and there is a lot of partnership among teachers um in relation to it. It's just we I don't I also don't want to get too ahead of myself when I'm talking about all the ideas. Because the one thing I have come to realize um, about education particularly is there are a number of environmental factors that mm-hmm. lead to that kind of, you know, burnout mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. see in teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, con- I'm constantly aware of it and seeing how to navigate it in, a, in the best way. And someone described it to me really, really aptly maybe a couple months ago. They said, you know, you have a teacher who comes into the system fresh, mm-hmm. wanting to do all these things, and then they get their run-ins with how things are or with other people's burnout. So mm-hmm. they come in fresh, and they bristle into somebody else's thorn. Mm-hmm. So it's a rose coming into the system, but they grow thorns to be able to deal with the realities mm-hmm. of the system. And then it becomes a bunch of roses in a system with thorns. So everybody's thorns are brushing against everybody's thorns. That doesn't and sound comfortable. It's like not a comfortable. Know. It's not comfortable, but it, it goes to show that... Have thorns in your thorns? We can't, we can't really... Um, but aren't rose bushes pretty? They are. I, they are. They but, are. But it means that you get, you get the pretty with the, the parts that yes. are uncomfortable. There's a lot of, of un, uh, uncomfortable things within it and I I always pause because I keep saying teachers are humans too. Yeah. Um we 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 sometimes underestimate the type of sacrifice it takes from them, you know, to get up and go into a school. I mean, they are probably the only civil servants who don't sit in air conditioned offices uh-huh. um who then have to put on their best and Deal with, deal with issue. everybody's issues mm-hmm. and, and be counselors and be therapists and be mm-hmm. doctors and, and doctors be mothers. It's that. it's not easy. And um, even when I'm approaching all of these innovative ideas, I keep saying, my, for me, it's also about I'm cognizant of these things. I want to be aware of them and be able to pursue them. But I also want to be able to address the underlying problems that have caused the burnout. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to be able to... I can't just come in and import all of these ideas onto a burnt-out system. Because mm-hmm. the system is just, it's just going to be another thing that mm-hmm. they try to introduce. So how do we breed life into the system? How do so, we breed life into the teachers? How do we attract more younger teachers? How do we attract more male teachers? Yeah, well, I mean, part of the male teachers thing is that they, the country... Countries, it's not just Anguilla, need to stop characterizing teaching as a female profession. Thank so, you. It, it, I concur. And then, and, and, and so why didn't you continue, Ivan? I why didn't I you, continue teaching? You, you taught me. Teaching gave me panic attacks. What? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm certain my class could help contribute to that. Teaching gave me panic <laughs> attacks, and wow. it wasn't it wasn't the teaching. You remember you said that thing about you caring and you wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. The system, the system isn't. I don't know what it is now. The system wasn't made for for being innovative. The system, in my time, no disrespect to who was ever teaching at that time, education officer, I didn't think it was a system that cared. Mm. I think the system painted everybody with the same brush. Mm. I understood that children learn differently and some aren't interested in the academics of things. But if you put a screwdriver in their hand, they're the best small engine mechanic you could ever find. I understand that some people are gifted and music is their passion. I would never forget. I would never forget when I was in school, uh, a particular young man from Island Harbor coming to school every day, coming to school every day, no dunce. 
and he just get up in front of the class, sucky teeth. Man, they're going on the rocks, catch me two balahoos. He left. He went to fish. He know he wanted to fish. Is he any far off worse today? Nope. He got house, car, boat, assets, can count, business, entrepreneur. And I'm not saying that you just abandon it, but he had reached to the point where I can count. I can read. This is enough for me. I ain't yeah. need to know nothing about the, the, the whatever the plant under the leaf and the cytoplasm and all that stuff. I want to learn about fish. And that's it. Fish don't eat trees. <laughs> no, I'm telling you the conversation. Like, he was fed up. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Coming, out of, coming out of high school, into Sixth Farm, I went straight into teaching before I left for, for university. And I was like, yeah, this don't make sense. Something is yeah. wrong with this system. Yeah, I think, I think that's not it's, not, it's not unique to Anguilla. Uh-huh. I will say that. Because even in my conversations with ministers across the region, we all identified... Um, the same yeah. um, issues. Uh-huh. What it is is that in in trying to address education in line with all of these international and regional things and standards, and oh, you need universal child care, universal education, universal this. They want to be able to say they're achieving something, mm. but when you break it down to the granular level, in stretching yourself so far, the co- you kind of contract the quality that you're achieving right. um, and the ability to actually pay attention because you're, you're again, and if this is what I've been saying to, to CXE, to CARICOM, um, and to the OECS, I'm saying you, you have an end goal in mind, which is the exam at the end of that five years. Mm-hmm. The entire curriculum is, is shaped around that, that exam. final examination. And what is that problem? Fair enough, because you want them to go to university. But here's the thing. If you take a child and after all of these years of going through the system, and I speak for myself on this one, and you ask me about something I learned in fourth form, I cannot tell you. Well, I tell you what on the test, though. I cannot tell you. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what was on the test, and I no. can't tell you. Because, mm-hmm. because the thing about it is when, you're, when, you, when you are learning through rote, or just to take a subject, what you end up doing is dumping your memory mm-hmm. onto that paper and then releasing it. Yes. You're not actually then... Oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I can tell you what the tests entail <laughs> or what answers I put on, but I yeah. can tell you that I use sine, cosine, and tangent since I left school. Yes. <laughs> but you mean, <laughs> those, are good, those are still good things for kids to learn. Of course. But, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is we can't just... We, we, we have to be able to find a way to ensure, and this is what they're trying to do through project-based learning, so that kids learn the, the soft skills, yeah. the softer mm-hmm. skills that go along with working in environments and mm-hmm. teams, is let them apply whatever the learning that they're doing to something so that they, there's something that they're applying it to. They're, they're always having to test themselves. There's a level of dis- desirability, but there, there isn't this artificial time pressure put on them mm-hmm. so that it's okay. You, you, your learning stops after the test. Your learning doesn't stop after the test. Your learning continues. So then, and that means that means we're going to see some some financial literacy introduced into our curriculum. Yes, and okay. that is that is currently what we worked on. We had meetings with NCBA, with Liberty, um, with the mortgage company, and all other financial institutions, and the ECCB. Mm-hmm. Um, we have asked them to extend their. We have a current. Um, financial literacy, very very brief program that they do in the primary school, but they have indicated that they would extend that program and they would work with us in in building out a proper program which yes. which deals specifically with children and having relationships with money which mm-hmm. aren't toxic because children will learn specific relationships from how they see their parents yeah. deal with mm-hmm. it, um, and we want to be able to address those things so that. You know, when you're looking at things like, you know, countries having high non, non-performing non loan ratios, mm-hmm. when, you, when you dig down to it and you find out it's because people are afraid to approach the bank. Yeah. When, when things like they go past, they do data, they, can't, they don't have enough money, they, they don't know that this is an mm-hmm. open dialogue you're supposed to be having. Yeah. So basically trying to change those relationships That's with money so people about. have um, healthier relationships and they're able to deal with things a little bit. That's exciting to about. I'm excited. I am as well. Maybe I might consider teaching part time. <laughs> yeah. 
it is it, it, it has to be a love it, I can, love, it, it cannot I love just it. be I love children a, a I job love. And, and yeah it, that's it that way that's why i, I yeah, left it, I, it, it has didn't. it has to be an innate love and then they wanted oh. me to they wanted me to lesson plan when I didn't agree with the lessons in the first place. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I can imagine. I, I had to prepare to do something I didn't want to. I had to prepare to do something that I didn't want to do. A maverick. Yes. I was. Yes. Yeah, I did. I was. <laughs> you know, as 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 we wrap up, and Ivan has oh, taken man. up all the time speaking about education. Oh, just, why did I do that? I'm just gonna put it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, ed- education is always one of those heavy hitting mm-hmm. um, topics, mm-hmm. and as you said, it's so it's very broad. It's not just one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are and should be and should aim to be lifelong learners and mm-hmm. the question is how do we incorporate all of that with the limited resources but moving beyond education and Ivan kind of hinted a little bit at this in the beginning in his introduction mm-hmm. you've now added another bit to your portfolio mm-hmm. tell us about that uh, so specifically I've added um, creative industries and public engagement yes um to my portfolio. Can I do it again? Yes. Ivan is going to want a whole... <laughs> maybe, maybe we use this just as the introduction to it and we get the yeah. minister back. Definitely. Yeah. Um, this one is deep and heavy. This is a big one. And this, there's a, there's Can you a, share some exciting news, though? Um, I, what we are really working on is, is seeing how quickly we can roll out some um, legislation that relates to IP and mm-hmm. creating royalties. Because we want our local artists to be able to make money from the music that is their own. Um, And then we want to be able to move from from that to the establishment of an actual music industry. Because what right now we have an entertainment industry, which is which is quite lucrative for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we want to be able to ensure that people can make money from their music mm-hmm. um, and that also goes past, it also goes past creative industries also goes past um, simply artists um, artist development, we're also looking at um, fintech and mm-hmm. all those type of industries as well because those there are opportunities mm-hmm. there there's some background work that we have to do in terms of strengthening our bank to be able to, to attract um and get people into the startup culture here in Anguilla, mm-hmm. but we're we're going to be looking at how we can build that out. If 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 I if I may ask, I mean, Glenniva touched on something pretty pretty close home to me with the young lady that was doing digital art. I don't know if anybody has. Okay, so to- I haven't said I didn't say this, but I would share. Um, we are working with an, an Anguillian, a local Anguillian. He he doesn't live in Anguilla; he lives in Canada. Uh-huh. But we are looking at NFTs um, mm. and mm-hmm. creating a conference here in Anguilla. That has to happen. A crypto yes. conference. So we were looking to see how we can launch those things. Um, I, I think that there is a lot of potential for young people. This is an area that they're very comfortable in. We've had uh, a group of, of young men <clears throat> in Anguilla already creating a NFT collection called Bad Goats. Which was actually pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> for for the sake of because it took me some time, I kept seeing NFTs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I took some time to research what are NFTs and, and I think we take for granted non fungible tokens. Yes. So that's the that's <laughs> what it means. But okay, to make an example because even when I've explained it to people, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And that is the generational um, gap that comes mm-hmm. into play. It is um a non fungible fungible token is meant to be a unique piece of art that only one person owns and it's mm-hmm. it's verified through something called the blockchain mm-hmm. so let's just say this room is a picture uh, a digital picture um, and it's created by Jelani um, Sasso Jelani Sasso because I know he does that correct <laughs> um, and he puts it on the uh, basically uses puts it out uh, for a sale the person who purchases it from their e-wallet mm-hmm. so you you basically have to purchase it with cryptocurrency so you ch- exchange US dollars or EC dollars for cryptocurrency you get a wallet and then you make the purchase from your wallet to purchase that piece of, of, mm-hmm. of art and then even though that art may be elsewhere on the internet you're the only person who owns that 
piece of the blockchain, that blockchain verification. Mm -hmm. So you you have to make sure you store these things very well because mm -hmm. it's like that person who has $250 million mm -hmm. in blockchain but can't access it because they don't have the password. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's all of these things. It's about introducing Angular. I'm I'm not what what we are working on is how do we educate the community because it is something new again, yeah. and and people do have can be very resistant to things that are very new. Yeah. Um, and we do need to get people uh, their their literacy in relation to NFTs and cryptocurrency up to a certain level so they can be the beneficiaries of it. We don't mm -hmm. just want this to be something that people can come in and take advantage of. Exactly. We also want our people to be able to take advantage of themselves. So, I, I, I mean, we, we already have a really, a really strong um, group of young people in Angola who are forging their way in the NFT cryptocurrency space. And um, we look forward to using and partnering um, with all young people who want to take advantage of this space and see how we can grow. It, it I, is amazing. I have a question, and mm. this is now coming from, you know, I keep saying I wear several hats, so take it off the co-host hat. Mm -hmm. But none from the financial services industry, mm -hmm. you know, and looking for ways that we can strengthen that. And just wondering how much of a collaboration mm -hmm. is being had with that industry, because that is how that is the industry that provides the vehicle for these things to happen for you to secure <laughs> your investments. <laughs> so there there is one thing about NFTs um, that that's this is why it isn't as as mainstream as, as things like Bitcoin and stuff like that. I mean there are in different territories, but mm -hmm. NFTs and all of these programs, they're meant to be deregulatory, yes. almost putting the, the power back in the hands of the people using mm -hmm. the blockchain technology, you spread it across, everybody gets access to it. It's not mm -hmm. at some central bank, it's not mm -hmm. held in one specific place. So they, there is, uh, there's going to have to be scope for, regula for regulation mm -hmm. to be able to, to make this a governmental push, mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be a prerequisite. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also about how do we safely do so so that we're not disenfranchising the people, people. who are intended to benefit from things so like blockchain. Just be mindful that when I say industry, I don't necessarily mean the regulators. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop both of you <laughs> before this goes on. I, I, for I like, six Deanna's just put on her mystery and you have a smile. Like, oh, man. Yes. <laughs> That is great. This has been this has been a lot to digest. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the the background of all of this is that we are back to school on Monday. Back to school on Monday. Learning is not what we think it has been. No, no. It's changing. It's transforming. No. We have we still have some kinks that we have to work. We through. We have some kinks we have to work through, and it's not a perfect science. And I, what I do crave is people's patience as we move through these transitionary stages, mm -hmm. um, and and as we kind of keep reaching out to get people more involved, we will be reaching out to more to parents this year. Mm -hmm. Parents, we do want you to become more involved in the school itself, and this is specifically for our high school student, our high school parents. Um, we know that there you, there is typically some level of, of fall off when kids transition to high school, mm. but we're looking to enlist your support throughout this year. We want this year to be the highest year for, for parent participation at the high school level, so please... Um, I'll say one more thing. Don't give up. I'll <laughs> say one more thing. Yes. This is me all the time. Stuff that's come to me right at the end. I am thankful for the lessons and the L's that we took. That's a line from one of your songs. So if anybody use that, coming coming to you, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, because you're working on that legislation. Or that's a line from of your music song. It didn't release yet. COVID, armor, all those things created a shift in education as well. Yes. We went online with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Parents had a lot more insight. Mm -hmm. Is there any plans? Or would you like to see an app for education in Anguilla? where we can communicate alerts. So, 
<laughs> we do. We are developing and will be rolling out in January 2023 an education management information system, which is going to collate all of that educational information, have parents be able to access all of their kids' records, upload all of their kids' information, not have to do anything coming in paper all the time anymore. So we will be launching that in January. 2023. And we're gonna touch that the next time we have yes. you back. How soon can we have you back? Next week. There we go. You heard it here first. We're going to have the Minister of Education back next week. We're going to dive a little deeper into that. Ivan, you... I, I apologize. No, Ivan, I apologize. Greniva. Greniva <laughs> has our plans. This is how I keep telling people so when they call me here. I'm just here to sit on this side of the camera and say we're back. And until next time, this has been another wonderful episode of Progress Report. We're happy to be back for season two. My lovely co-host, Glenniva Hodge, the Honorable Minister of Social Development and Education. I just mix it up even in the press releases. That's education okay. and social development. So Which one comes first? You see, people put social development first. Some people put education. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. Because Once you say the words, it's fine. <laughs> Once you say the I words. I love it. And, and now what we add to it? Creative industries, creative and, industries public and public engagement. Great. And Great. we look forward to having you back soon. Maybe not next week, Maybe. <laughs> but we'll have you back. Thank you for joining All us. All right, this has been epic. This was a good one. First one back. This was a yes. good one. Yes. I'm excited about the the The, the EMS. The, the EMS, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I was trans- Why we didn't have these things when we were in school? You know what? We'll pick this up off next camera. Time. Next time. <laughs>